Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work and spiritual healing that lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Hello, hello. I'm back. I'm officially back. Uh, For those of you who have been following the show the last few weeks, you'll know that I have just spent six, almost six glorious weeks in Costa Rica, and I finally just arrived home yesterday at the time of recording this episode, and I'm settling into being home, and it feels so good. Uh, As fun as it is to travel and to explore other countries, I've really been missing that, and of course, to be in the heat and the sun, which is so nice, a little break from the gray here where I live, it was so beautiful, But at the same time, I really missed being at home. I missed my kitchen. I missed my friends and family. I missed my environment. I I really missed the access that I have to high vibe food and some of the things that I've become accustomed to, like sharp knives. (laughs) For anybody who's ever traveled and used another kitchen, you know that that is sometimes hard to find. Um, So I'm really picky and I love my kitchen and the, the... tools that I have there that help me create healthy meals and nourish myself. And yeah, so it feels really good to be home. This is definitely where my soul belongs. And, and I'm really excited to get back into a routine. It was really hard for me being away. And maybe some of you listening to this can relate when you go away, even if you're staying in one location for an extended period of time, keeping up with a routine is really difficult. And I'm someone who definitely thrives on being grounded and feeling settled and from there going and having adventures and exploring. So this is really nice just to come home and get back into my morning routine, get back into my fitness routine, even getting back into a bit of intermittent fasting. Like a lot of these things that um, I did my best while I was away and I was really proud of that, but it was difficult, especially when it was so hot. If I didn't go out and exercise before 7 a.m., I just couldn't. I couldn't. I would overheat and melt. (laughs) I don't know how some people do it. I know some of you listening to this live in in hot places, and I don't know how you do it. Um, So very needless to say, you know, I'm really, really excited to be home. And one of the reasons that I'm so excited to be home is, again, if you've been following along, you know that uh, I've got some really exciting things upcoming in April and heading into May. You know, first of all, the upcoming How Women Can Heal from Sugar Addiction and Emotional Eating in Just Eight Weeks live workshop series that I'm hosting starting April 11th. It's a full week three full days of training that we're going to spend together diving deep into uncovering your root causes that are actually at the base, at the real foundation of your addictive patterns with food. I'm also going to teach you how to actually kick emotional eating, this habit of emotional eating, and reconnect to your true self and your inner wisdom and learn how to trust your body again. So these are just a few things that we're going to be going over in that training, and I'm I'm so excited. This is This is going to be a training like no other. And the best part is that it's absolutely free to join. It's absolutely free to come and join this training and get access to the replay videos as well. So I'll put, make sure the link is below this episode here for you to come and get registered. It's going to be pretty incredible. I have some, some special surprises, let's just say in store. And it's, it's going to be 
definitely one of the most powerful trainings that I've, I've ever hosted. The things that I have in store and the exercises that we're going to be doing together. This is not just going to be about soaking in more information. That's not what you need. That's not your problem. This is not an information problem that you have. I, I know this without a shadow of a doubt. You know what to do to be healthy. There's another reason that it's being blocked, right? There's, there's a deeper seated reasons emotionally and in our nervous system imprinting our belief systems that are keeping you from making progress. So we're going to break through that together, completely bust through the resistance and the reasons why you've spent decades on this sugar roller coaster, feeling like there's just something wrong with you when the truth is there's not. And I'm going to share, shed light on all of this and share some really powerful tools and techniques that you're going to be able to apply in your life to even by the end of the week that we're going to spend together, you're going to feel completely different about your relationship with food and your relationship with yourself. So how exciting is that? And then the second really exciting piece is after that training, I'm officially opening up registration and doors for my upcoming eight-week emotional empowerment program. And this is going to be for women who are ready to have the accountability, the group support, and the guidance to take action on everything that I'm going to be teaching you in the live workshops at a deeper level. So this is really the next level of doing all of the powerful inner work and inner healing, healing those root foundational um, issues and, and problems, we'll call them, that are at the base of your dependency with sugar and your emotional eating habits. We're going to get in there together in a beautiful community of other like-minded women and do the work together. So that program is for women who are ready to actually do the work and actually start seeing changes in their relationship with food. And that's going to be starting May 1st, but enrollment will be opening for that later in April. So stay tuned. And of course, get your name on the wait list. I'll post that link below in the show notes too, if you want to get on board with that. I want to actually share before we get into today's episode, and I have some, uh, actually a really really powerful and uh, difficult story that I want to share with all of you. I was really contemplating before recording this episode if I want to share this story, um, but I'm going to share a story with you in just a minute, and then we're going to get into into today today's topic, um, the 12 signs you know that you can use to really tell if you're an emotional eater and how emotional eating is actually at the root of sugar addiction. This is this is a big conversation and something we're going to be diving a lot deeper into in the upcoming emotional empowerment program. But I wanted to share a couple words with you. From from Mackenzie, who was participated in this emotional empowerment program last year. It's been a whole year since I've hosted this program. And I just want to share what she had to say, her testimonial here, because I think it really is going to resonate with a lot of you. If, if you are even listening to this episode, you there's a part of you that believes you're an emotional eater. There's a part of you that really believes you don't know how to process and honor your emotions without using sugar. So I want to share what Mackenzie had to say here about her experience in the program to shed some light on what is possible for you. So Mackenzie says, I've gotten more curious with my emotions on all ends of the spectrum. I've become more aware of how to actually honor my emotions. I've also learned how important it is to acknowledge, feel, and process my emotions in a healthy way and now have the tools to actually do that. I knew the emotional aspect to my eating habits was important before starting this program, but I didn't really understand how significant it was or how to navigate out of it. Honestly, I think I'm most proud of taking the leap and joining this program. Every day I'm reminded of why it was such a good decision, and it makes me feel really good that I took a risk and invested in myself. 
I'm also so proud of how much I'm giving to myself in the process and not worrying about knowing all the answers or exactly what's going to happen next. So this is, this is a beautiful example of surrender into this healing process. And Mackenzie has a, a year later, she has made huge strides in creating a, a brand new relationship with food and herself. So uh, I really just want to shout out to her and the work that we're doing here in my communities and in my groups and anyone who's curious about what that looks like, come and get your name on the wait list and you're actually going to get um, some, some exciting invitations and bonuses for being on the wait list before I officially open registration to the public. So just a little nudge, nudge, hint, hint that you want to get your name on the wait list. And I've got a surprise email that's going to be coming to you once you do with some juicy information and maybe a few gifts. <laughs> I'll say no more. Okay, so diving into today's topic, I feel like this story is extremely relevant for many reasons. And if you've been following the show here for a while, you know that I am all for being raw and vulnerable with all of you here. Because this is this is how we heal together and this is how I choose to lead and how I coach and how I work with my clients. So Here's a vulnerable story for you. And the, the tagline of this is, I cried in the airport. And there's obviously more to this story, but this is a, a really big um, challenge, emotional, heartbreaking challenge that I have been dealing with over the last few days. Um, so anyone listening to this who, as we all are, empaths and really sensitive to challenging stories. I just want to give a little forewarning that this is a difficult story. And I want to share it with you anyway, because this is also an opportunity to really feel and allow yourself to feel. So if any emotions come up as I share this story, uh, please allow them. Please know they're welcome here. It is safe to share these emotions here. But this story I feel is really important for me to share because it really deeply shows as an example what is going on in our society around blocking ourselves from emotions and then using sugar to cope and building a sugar addiction. So without going into all the very details of this story, uh, my trip home from Costa Rica, I had an eight hour layover in the Mexico City airport, uh, which was a long layover. <laughs> it was definitely long. And the first few hours I spent just uh, doing, catching up on a lot of work and having some really great time, went for a lovely meal, really just enjoying my time with myself, passing time in the airport, talked to a couple really cool people, got to practice, final practice of my Spanish <laughs> before coming home to Canada. And a couple hours before, um, before my flight, which left at 1am, unfortunately, uh, way past my bedtime. So I was planning to sleep and I went to near the gates to find, find somewhere to curl up on the floor with my blanket and sleep. And just as I did, I noticed, um, there was, there was a woman who had a young child about four or five years old. And this woman was, um, having some sort of major medical event. And I don't know what happened or what was going on with her, but I can only describe it as um, seizures or some, uh, some sort of neurological disorder or event was taking place for this woman. And it was really, that alone 
was really heartbreaking to watch and see this woman on the ground rolling around, not being uh, cognizant. She was, she was not present. She was uh, somewhere else. And that in itself, for me, was traumatic to witness and to, to uh, experience the pain of what someone else is going through in that moment. So I felt that. But where I really had my heart broken open, ooh, I can feel it now. This is still very raw and very real for me. And I'm choosing to share this story anyway, because I want you to know these emotions that I'm feeling now are, you're welcome to also feel these emotions. This woman's daughter, who must have been four or five years old, was sitting on the bench next to her mom rolling around on the floor, who, and her mom was surrounded by about 10 airport staff. They'd called the medics. The medics were on their way. These people were standing around sort of in a circle around the mother, um, trying to keep her safe from not hitting anything, you know, just watching over her. Not one person was paying attention to this little child. Not one person. And I saw this very quickly. And the understanding that I have of how trauma develops it was heartbreaking to me to see this little child experiencing probably one of the most traumatic events that she's ever experienced. I don't know her life, but being alone in an airport and your mom no longer being like, let alone having this, this medical emergency in front of you. I know how alone that girl felt and how absolutely terrified she felt. And I'm so grateful that I did not wait a minute. And I knew in my heart, I need to go and sit with that girl. Nobody else had even noticed her. And this just like infuriates me beyond words. And it makes me so heartbroken that this is the world that we live in. And reminds me why I do what I do and why I'm sharing this story with you. If you see a child, especially in trouble, do not hold back. Do not hold back. Go, be with that child. Support, ask how you can support. If you don't know what to do, ask. I didn't need to ask. I knew that this girl just needed someone to sit with her so she didn't feel alone. And she only spoke Spanish, this little girl, and I'm, I'm very grateful that I speak some Spanish and was able to converse with her. And really just be there with her, not needing to make her feel better, not needing to distract her, just being there with her. I let her know she was not alone. And I knew that she, she needed comforting in a real way with real connection. And before you know it, I asked consent if I could give her a hug. And she was very, luckily this child was very open and before you know it, I had her cuddling on my lap and, you know, I was, I was just comforting her for about an hour, you know, talking to her, um, you know, asking her questions about her life and just being with her. And that was really, really difficult for me, but it was also really easy for me. I understood. I know, I know what that little girl needed. And the truth is most people don't. And the truth is our parents didn't know what we needed as children to be properly validated and supported, especially emotionally. 
And what I witnessed was not only this, this little child being completely ignored by the staff and even by the other people, there was hundreds of other people in this airport wing. And I was the only one that went over. And what I witnessed was two things. And this is where I really want to pull out the lessons from this. Not only, please, if you see somebody struggling, you don't need to, there's, there's no, there's no fixing anything. All we need as humans is someone there with us. We just need someone to sit next to us and talk about how cute our little bear is or what we had for lunch. Like there doesn't need to be some sort of magical fix it. Connection is the answer. A hug is the answer. Validation and how we're feeling is the answer. And this is what I gave that little girl in this experience where she had no one else and she was absolutely terrified. I let her know that it was okay to feel sad and it was okay to feel afraid. And I, I told her she's not alone. I'm here. I'm here. And I told her that, you know, those adults are looking after your mom. And I encouraged her to call her dad. We found her dad's phone number and she was able to FaceTime her dad on her iPad. So I helped her navigate this. Instead of trying to numb her out or, or avoid this situation. The other people that attempted to support this little girl did exactly the opposite of what, in my opinion, anyone should do. And this is, this, this all, you'll understand this in a minute because this comes exactly into why, why most women are hooked on sugar and emotional eaters. Number one, the two staff members, airport staff members that came over to this little girl told her to stop crying. Don't cry, they said. No lloras. Don't cry. And this is the message of stop having an emotion, tough it up. You shouldn't be sad. And I just, oh, I just wanted to smack this guy when he said it to her. And it was a man as well. Just telling this girl to stop having her feelings. Oh boy. If I spoke better Spanish, he would have, he would have had a couple words for me. But my focus was on this child and I witnessed this. And this is what most of us, the message most of us have gotten in our childhood. Don't cry, suck it up. You know, let's go get some ice cream. So that was number one. This pattern, this is where this starts for all of us. And I want you to even think about in your childhood, where did that pattern, where, when, when and where were you told to stop crying or to stop being angry or to just stop having any emotional expression? Because you were taught it at some point, whether it was in your home or in your school. And this is the beginning of our emotional dependence on food. This is where it starts. I'm getting very passionate right now. You can hear that in my voice because this experience is so raw and real in my body right now. And it's exactly why I'm sharing it with you from this passionate place, because I am here standing up for all of you, for all of us. Like we do not have to stuff our emotions anymore. The second thing that I witnessed was the other handful of passengers. There were two or three other passengers, women, who did come over to make an attempt to support. They saw me with this little girl. And you know what they did? They brought candy. One woman came over with a chocolate bar. Another woman came over with a whole box of donuts. And someone else came over with, with a Coca-Cola. And offered these to this child. 
stop crying, feel better, eat sugar. This is the message. You're feeling sad, stuff it down with sugar. Stuff it down, put food in your mouth because you're feeling sad and it's gonna make you feel better. This is the message we get. No wonder we're all addicted to sugar. No wonder it's how we cope. It's how we treat ourselves. It's how we get through a hard, stressful day. No wonder this is how our world operates. I wasn't even in North America. Well, I was in North America technically, but I wasn't even in Canada or the US or Europe, right? The Northern countries. I was in Mexico. And these were people from all over the world thinking that this is how to support, right? Bring candy. This is the way to support. And I'm so grateful. I mean, for on one hand, the little girl didn't want, she wasn't hungry. No doubt. She was having an emotional traumatic experience. It's not really a time to be hungry. So she said no to all of these offers. She did end up having some water, luckily. I was very proud of her. Uh, obviously not saying anything that, here, but I'm observing what's happening, right? And the bigger, this, this, this pattern is bigger than just here in North America. This is world-renowned, these issues, right? Being taught that it's not okay to have emotions and then being taught if we do have a difficult emotion, we better just stuff it down with sugar and feel better. So this is a very powerful example that I want to share with you that I've just lived through. And as soon as that little little girl and her mom got taken down to a different part in the airport, uh, they had to, I had to say goodbye to her. And that was really hard for me because I didn't trust that she was going to be supported in the right way. You know, and most people are not trauma-informed. And I'm so grateful for the learning that I'm doing and hopefully passing some of that along to you listening to this so that you can show up like this in your life. You know, if you ever see someone having a hard day, even if it's not a child, if you see someone crying on a bench, like take a minute to stop and ask if you can support them or ask if you can give them a hug even better, even better. You look like you need a hug right now. Can I give you one? Oh my gosh. Heartwarming. Please do that. So that's what I wanted to start this episode with. And I know that's not the episode. I want to get talking about some other things here, but this is a really powerful example. And, um, and in terms of me, I was able to be with that, that, that child in the sadness. And, and at the same time, I did notice myself sort of hold it together for her. I was there with her empathizing with her, but I was holding, holding my own shock in. And as soon as um, they left, I walked back over to my stuff where luckily some other passengers were keeping an eye on all my stuff for me. And the tears just started flowing. Oh boy, just this huge wave of grief and heartache and just shock came out of my eyes. And I had a, I had a nice little like quiet cry sort of by myself. Um, and, and I acknowledged as well in that moment that it wasn't really a safe space for me to fully let it out. I needed to scream. I needed to ugly, loud cry. That was very difficult to witness and very difficult to be a part of. So this is one of the things now that I'm, as you could hear earlier, the the tears are still very much on the surface. And that to me is a sign that I still have some emotions stuck here to process. And I know that I didn't get to fully process them in that environment that I was in, in the airport. I didn't feel safe to do so. So that is my homework now here. I just arrived home. 
I'm just letting this sink in and I'm going to be doing some journaling and some processing and some crying and some shaking and pulling on all of my emotional processing tools that I teach all of my clients in the emotional empowerment program. I'm going to be using these for myself because I know that there's, there's stuff here for me to process. And this is a really important part of the journey with emotional eating and sugar addiction is learning how to process emotions healthily, learning how to process them so they no longer are stuck in our bodies. There's lots of ways to do that. So how does this tie into what we're talking about today? I think, I think that's pretty clear by now. I mean, we're talking about emotional eating. I'm sharing this example as a root of where this starts for all of us. And I want you to start thinking about that for yourself if you haven't yet. You know, where did my emotional eating pattern start? Where did my emotional numbing pattern start? Maybe it wasn't food that you numbed with. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's wine. Maybe it's something else. And for those who, who don't really understand what emotional eating is, I think by now you do. I talk about it a lot here on the podcast, but I just wanted to quickly share my definition of emotional eating. You know, to me... Emotional eating means using food to, to either heighten or escape and numb from an emotion. So most of us are using food to quote unquote, feel better or numb out, escape from a difficult emotion. I don't use the word negative emotion because no, no emotion is negative or bad, but a difficult emotion, a heavy emotion. That's where most of us have learned these emotional eating patterns and coping mechanisms. It's a survival mechanism that you learned in childhood at some point. And on the other hand, we also learn to use food to heighten good emotions. So like birthday parties or getting a raise at work, right? Celebration, love, sharing lo in love, right? In these, to, to heighten and highlight emotions. We often use food and alcohol uh, to do those as well. So emotional eating could be on the whole spectrum. It's really when we are eating food for any reason that isn't physical necessity for nutrients. That's my definition. And I think I explained this in the story that I just shared, but how is emotional eating actually linked to sugar addiction? What's the link between the two? And what's the difference? Because it is very nuanced. Right? Obviously, addiction is, is, is different than emotional eating, but emotional eating is one of the major patterns in every addict, or not just emotional eating, but emotional numbing out, right? Whether it's cocaine or heroin or, or sex porn addictions, like shopping, it's a numbing out technique because for most of us, like I've already mentioned, this little girl right? For most of us, there's an imprint or pattern that's taught us that it's not safe to feel a difficult emotion in our body. And we could even take that a level back and say, it's not safe to be in my body. And this is a trauma response. This is a nervous system survival technique. And this is the root of all addiction. So what we learn is how to cope. It's not safe or okay in my environment to feel a difficult emotion. It's painful. And when I feel it, I'm alone. Or when, I'm, when I feel it or express it, I get yelled at, right? We learn it's not safe. So we learn to cope and escape. And now whenever a challenging emotion arises, we reach for food, right? I think that's pretty clear. And hopefully by now you can start seeing that this connection is very deep and very real. 
And if you're someone who is really struggling with cravings for sugar or addictive tendencies, you have to look at your emotional health here. And this is why I wanted to record this episode. And beyond that, why exactly why I'm hosting the upcoming three-day live training. We're going to be going into this in much more depth. This is a teaser. And we're going to be going into this as a community during the three days to really crack this wide open. You're going to have a whole new awareness of what's going on emotionally for you and how you can actually navigate out of these emotional eating habits and thus start navigating your way out of emotional or sugar addiction. So what are the signs that you're an emotional eater? I put together 12 signs that I wanted to share with you today so that you can really start to understand or identify if you do have an emotional connection to food. Not everybody does. All the women that I work with do, but not everybody does, right? Some, some of us are emotional drinkers. Some of us are emotional Netflix binge walker, watchers, or maybe there's some sort of other numbing out tool that you've used. But if you're using food, which most women are, not all, but most, every woman I've ever met is an emotional eater and man by, by that, by that way as well. So how do you know though? How are you know for sure? So here's 12 criteria that I put together and not all of these may be present for you, but I would say you're definitely an emotional eater if like two or more apply to you. So number one is you feel hungry even after eating a meal. Like you feel like, mm, I need something else, right? And usually it's like, ah, I need something sweet. You've just had a big lunch, you had a big breakfast or a big dinner and ah, something's missing. I just need that one thing to like finish it off. Number two, you think about food all day. You know, thinking about what am I going to eat? When am I going to eat it? What kind of snack do I need? Just letting thoughts of food take over your brain. Sign number three is that you often find yourself at the fridge or at the cupboard, pantry, without really knowing why. And sometimes not even knowing how you got there. All of a sudden, you're just staring in the fridge. All of a sudden, you're just looking in the pantry looking for something, but you're not sure what it is. Sign number four is that you often overeat without really being aware of it, right? Maybe you're on the couch and you've got a bag of chips with you or a tub of ice cream and you're planning to just have a few, but then you look down and the whole thing's empty. And there's this experience of what just happened. I blacked out. I ate too much. Number five Sign number five is you snack between meals. So you just have this habit of needing, quote unquote, needing a snack between every meal. Now, of course, some of these signs are very much also signs of blood sugar dysregulation. So the physical uh, blood sugar roller coaster that your insulin and blood is on every single day. So some of these crossover, right? Because that's very much going to be a symptom of that as well. You know, if you're feeling the highs and lows and being exhausted all day and snacking between meals, that could be a blood sugar issue as well. Sign number six is you just, you know, and you feel like your eating is out of control. Like you don't have control and that cravings and food are really out of your control. Number seven is that you turn to food for comfort. You know that you use food to comfort yourself 
Or number eight, you turn to food to unwind after a busy or stressful day. So again, here's this, these difficult emotions showing up that food is your go-to. Number nine, this one might surprise some of you, but really number noticing if food and sugar are your main sources of joy and pleasure in your life. This is a big one. Actually, I'm going to add connection to that as well. If you notice that you use food to give you pleasure, to give you joy, and to give you a sense of connection, that's a huge sign that there's some deeper patterns going on here emotionally. Sign number 10 is that you often reward yourself with sugar. You know, you had a great week at work, you bought an expensive bottle of wine, which is sugar, right? Or, you know, you had a, you got a good comment from your boss at work and you want to celebrate on your way home and you pick up some special ice cream, right? Or you go through the drive-through as like a special treat. So rewarding and treating yourself with food is a sign that you're an emotional eater. Number 11 is you show love with food and receive love with food. This is a big one, right? This is a big uh, way that we show and receive love. Baking cookies, showing up, you know, with a box of chocolates. Like, just look at Valentine's Day, right? The message is everywhere. This is how we show love. And this is how those other, you know, women at the airport were showing, trying to show love and comfort to this little child. Here's a donut, right? To make you feel better. So that's sign number 12, is when you reflect back on your childhood, were you given food to feel better? Was food a way that your parents or your caregivers helped you feel better? You know, when you fell down and scraped your knee, did your parents get you ice cream? Like how was sugar used in your household? Odds are it was a reward system when you did something good and it was given to you when you felt sad or you were having some sort of difficult emotional reaction. So these are the 12 signs. I'll read through them again really quickly, but these are the 12 most common signs that I see that you are most likely an emotional eater. Number one, feeling hungry even after eating a full meal. Number two, thinking about food all day. Number three, finding yourself in the fridge or the pantry without really knowing why you're there. Number four is overeating without knowing it. Five, snacking between meals. Six, feeling out of control with your eating habits. Seven, using food for comfort. Eight, turning to food, usually sugar, to unwind after a busy or stressful day. Number nine, food and or sugar are your main source of joy, pleasure, and connection. Number 10, you reward yourself with sugar. 11, you show love with food. And 12, you were given food, most likely sugar, to feel better as a child. Do any of these resonate with you? If two or more resonate with you, you must come and join us for the upcoming workshop. Okay, the link is below in the show notes. I cannot stress that enough. We're gonna be really diving deeper into this and showing you how to navigate out of these patterns and break these patterns. So the last thing that I wanna share here and mention is this difference between emotional hunger and real hunger. This is something we're going to be going a lot more depth into, especially in the 
emotional eating program that's coming up in May. Um, but I wanted to give you a quick, quick little checklist here um, to help you. This is a tool that you can use right now to help you really start identifying any moment in any day. Is this emotional hunger or is this real physical hunger? Okay, so physical hunger is the need for nutrients. That's our body sending us signals from our stomach, really, from our digestive system going, hey, we need more nutrients. Emotional hunger is everything but that. It's eating for some sort of psychological, emotional comfort or support. So emotional hunger tends to show up more sudden. Again, some of these symptoms can definitely be tied into physical blood sugar dysregulation issues, but often this can be a sign of emotional hunger as well. Things like it being really sudden and urgent, like I need to have something now. It's often a craving for a specific food. You know, emotional hunger is often like, oh, I need ice cream or I need that chocolate. It's often um, referred to as sort of above the neck hunger. Like we don't really feel anything in our stomach. Our stomach isn't gurgling, uh, you know, nothing's going on in our digestive system. It's above the neck. It's a mental craving. Often paired with a tough emotion or a difficult sensation in the body, right? It's like, oh, I'm having this hard time. I just argued with my husband or I'm having a stressful, busy day at work and now I'm hungry. It's often mindless. Emotional eating is often mindless. This is how we kind of black out on the couch and realize we ate all the cookies. Another sign is that it really doesn't go away. And it often leads to really overstuffing yourself until you're so full, you can't possibly put anything else in your body. It's this, you know, unattainable pit that you're trying to fill with food, but it's not possible to fill with food. Which means often wake up or find yourself feeling guilty and ashamed after emotional eating. So these are some of the top signs of emotional hunger, emotional eating hunger. On the other hand, real physical hunger, especially for someone who has managed and healthy regulated blood sugar, it's gradual. Like, yeah, I'm hungry, but it could kind of wait. It's patient and gradual. It's not urgent. This type of hunger is also open to a variety of foods. It doesn't need just one thing. It just knows that it wants a, a well-rounded, nutritious meal and something that you find tasty. It comes from the stomach. Well, it comes from this, you know, your cells that are sending a signal to your stomach to, to, to tell you to eat, right? But it comes from down in your stomach. And often you'll maybe notice some gurgles or you'll notice like an emptiness feeling in your stomach, right? Or you'll notice maybe if you're really hungry, you might notice pain in your stomach, right? Like, oh boy, my stomach is really yelling at me to put food in it, right? It often comes with a deliberate choice and awareness of what you're eating, right? Like, yeah, my body needs nutrients. Now I'm going to go and create something to put in it. And it goes away once you've eaten. This is a type of hunger that no longer exists when you've had a healthy, well-rounded meal full of healthy fats, proteins, and complex carbohydrates. You're satiated. I'm no longer hungry. I'm going to get on with my day. And it feels a sense of contentment and energy after you've eaten. So it's very different types of hunger. And I want you to start paying attention. I want you to really start paying attention over the next week 
to the signs that your body's sending you around when you're emotional eating, when you're not emotionally eating, and how you can start really building that inner body awareness of the difference for yourself. So the question now becomes, now you know, most likely, you know, you've identified, you're still listening to this episode by this point, you know that you're an emotional eater. And I believe most women are, most humans are. I say there's 5% of people who aren't. Most of us are. This is because this is how we were raised. We've raised in the same world that this little girl at the airport was raised in. We all have these patterns to some extent. So the question becomes, how do you shift out of these patterns? How do you no longer turn to food for comfort, for joy, for love? How do we rewire these ancient path, neural pathways and habits? And this is exactly what I'm going to be going into and answering these questions and so much more in the upcoming How Women Can Heal from Sugar Addiction and Emotional Eating in Just Eight Weeks workshop that kicks off on April 11th. So come and get registered. If you want to dive more into this topic, it's going to be a powerful week-long you know, event. We've got three days of live, live workshops together, plus a workbook, a private community where we'll be sharing and supporting each other that week. And really supporting you in understanding this at a deeper level for yourself. Really clearly building that physical awareness in your body. And by the end of that training and the end of that week, you're going to be feeling such a deeper connection to your body and your signals and your emotions. If you're like a lot of women that I work with, you might not even be able to feel. You might have the walls up so strong that you don't really feel anything. And you want to, you want to feel life. You want to engage in life, feel the joy, but also feel the sadness and know how to support yourself through those emotions without needing food, right? Without needing to, to binge and to take it too far, right? To support yourself in a loving and healthy way. And that's what I'm going to be helping you do. We're going to be doing that together. And I hope that you will be joining us. And I sincerely hope that you enjoyed this episode as well. I would love to hear your biggest takeaway. Um, Come and send me a message as always. I love it when you reach out. I love hearing from you. And hopefully I will get to see you at the upcoming training. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And I look forward to seeing you there. All right, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with someone you love. And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.